0: From the beginning of Christendom to this very day theologians have had a major question that they've grappled with. The question is when did Jesus really know that he was the Son of God? When did he appreciate that what he had come to grow in understanding of was really fact? Some would say it was at his birth in Bethlehem. Others might say it was when he performed his first miracle. Others, perhaps the ones that I am more drawn to, would say that this very night, this event that we've heard about this evening, that was when Jesus fully came to know that what he had hoped and believed was actually true. It's very important, enormously important, that on a night when we hear about him being the son of God, that he was divine, that he was the great redeemer that the Jews had been waiting for, it's important that we remember that he was a man like us, a person who felt as you and I did. So I want you to imagine Jesus still in death lying in the tomb. Then suddenly, abruptly, yanked awake. In the last few hours of his life as a man, his back had been flayed to shreds. His scalp was ripped open by thorns. His wrists and ankles were torn by metal spikes. His side was slashed with a lance. He died slowly over a course of about six hours, he died of thirst and sheer physical trauma. And finally, mercifully, he had had the respite of death. Yet now, in the tomb, the wounds are opening up again and the horror of the preceding days fills his eyes and his ears, if only for a brief moment. Then there is maybe a a flash of light, a violent tug, momentary agony again as he becomes aware of the pain he experienced. Maybe he fights it. Maybe he just wants to lie down again. Or more likely he rose above it and there follows the absolute relief and peace of knowing that it is complete. What he believed would happen has actually occurred. Now of course I don't know that's exactly how it happened. I'm just doing some imagining and it's important that we do that with our faith. What happened, actually happened, is wrapped in mystery and maybe it's not particularly important that we know. But what we have been doing is imagining a Christ who maybe like us had had done what all he needed to do. So we leap to an imagination here to grasp onto some spiritual reality. This great connection now between crucifixion, the death of that man, and now his rising. It hints not so much at the more commonly confident image of Christ with a flag in his hand echoing a triumphalist church. This image that I'm presenting rather reflects, I suppose, the unfinished business of ongoing Easter. It was an event that began something, it didn't finish something. There's a wonderful poem by Elizabeth Cheney that speaks about Christ's resurrection as the unfinished business of the world. The poet finds Jesus on the cross, unable to get down. And so the poet, presumably speaking for us, volunteers to take the nails out. And Jesus from the cross says, Let them be, for I cannot be taken down until every man, every woman and every child comes together to take me down. The poet then asks, in the meantime, what am I supposed to do? What should I do while I watch you there? And Jesus says, Go into the world. Tell everyone that you meet that there is a man on the cross and he is in the throes of rising from the dead. The women on Easter morning that you just heard were preoccupied with the question, Who will roll away the stone? How will we get to him? The entrance of the tomb will be blocked. It's a valid question, valid for us too. How do we get in to see this risen Christ? But what happens here is that when their journey ends to bring them closer to Christ, they find that he has already rolled the stone away. He's made it happen for them. I have risen. I'm with you once more. And once again, God erupts into their lives as he erupts into ours. So now for those of you who have been preparing for this evening, it's time to throw off the sombre morning clothes of Lent. It's time to proclaim to the world the joyful message that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and he will come again. Tonight we simply follow the most ancient tradition of the church. We keep vigil for the Lord who passes from death into love. By keeping his Passover, we hope to share also in our rising to love. You've listened to the Word of God calling to mind the wonderful things that God has done for us from the beginning of time. You heard the words of Paul, Christ was raised from the dead by God's glory so we too might live a new life. Now that new life came to us first in the waters of baptism. Very soon you will witness five new members of our community who will be reborn in baptism. They will be received into full communion with the Catholic Church, they will be confirmed with the Holy Spirit, they will receive the outpouring of God's love. We will be challenged by Kylie, Trevor Georgina Ray and Rebecca Their joy and enthusiasm on this night should help us to recommit ourselves even more strongly to our belief in the Holy Catholic Church in the communion of sins in the forgiveness of in the communion of saints the forgiveness of our sins our resurrection and life everlasting Finally we will approach the table to receive the bread of life that comes, becomes for us another symbol of Christ's rising. As Easter people, we're the ones who live in eternity's sunrise. We are the ones who demonstrate in our life that joy runs deeper than despair. We're the ones who will say with St Paul, we are in difficulties on all sides but never cornered. We shall see no answer to our problems, but we will never despair. We've been persecuted, but never deserted, knocked down, but never killed. The risen Christ has gone before us into Galilee, and the world now can never be the same again. And that just leaves us with one question When did you come to know and believe? that Jesus was the Son of God.